Welcome to Encouraging Truths for Today. We're glad to bring you this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. Now please join us as we learn to grow deeper in our relationship with God and each other. I was, I was pretty excited about coming this weekend. Uh, my mom's birthday was yesterday. She turned 27 again. I don't know how that works, but uh, I'm told that a mom can only be 27 for some reason. It doesn't work that way for guys. Um, and then we have Father's Day. I have, I have always looked up to my dad. When, when I was little, I, I didn't call him daddy or dad or anything like that. Like most kids, I called him buddy because that's what he called me. I, I always have just looked up to my dad and, and loved every second except the, the seconds that included a belt and him glaring at me, uh, being with my dad. Uh, he has always been such a special person in my life, and so it's, it's an honor to be able to do something for him today and to, to be able to preach. I, I love God's Word, and I love talking about it, and so it's, it's always an honor to to get to bring the word, especially in Crockett, Texas. My dad has given me a ton of, of great advice in my life. It's one of my favorite things about him. He, he's just always full of wisdom. He, uh, he taught me how to ride a bike twice. Uh, the first time I wrecked and didn't want to ride a bike for several years. Well, the first time. Okay, he taught me how to ride a bike without training wheels twice. He took the training wheels off, I wrecked, and I said, I'm done with that, and I just left the bike on the driveway, and he had to teach me another time. You know, there have been so many times that I've been upset, and I've, I've needed encouragement, and my dad has been there for me. He, he's taught me so many life lessons along the way, but you know, the most important happened when I was in the first grade. We had just finished recess, and we were about to go to lunch. And we stopped by the bathroom. Uh, and, you know, in the first grade, after recess, all the kids are just crazy, crazy excited. Uh, you know, just super chatty uh, and, and just still wild. And I, I was trying to do the right thing, and this guy named Zach was right next to me, and he, he turns to talk to me uh, while we're in the bathroom. And uh, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead in the story. I ended up in the, the principal's office, and I had to call home. And I I thought, I really don't want to talk to my mom about this, so I called my dad at the church in Eunice, and I said, uh, uh, Dad, um, Zach wet my pants. And I'll never forget my dad's reply. It was the best life advice he has ever given me. I don't know how he was holding back the laughter, but he, in the most serious... I mean, y'all know my dad. He's he's not serious all the time. I mean, he's he's serious when he's up here, but he just goofs around all the time. And so I, 
you know, most of the time you can at least sense a smile on his face. And I, I didn't even sense that. He said, son, there are some things you just can't blame on other people. I think about that a lot. There are a lot of things in life that you just cannot blame on other people. And I want to look in God's Word today in Philippians chapter 3 and see something that we cannot blame on anybody else. As we celebrate fathers today, I think it would be foolish of us to not celebrate the perfect father. Celebrate the father of all things, the one who gave us life and then gave us life again. The one who gave us many second chances, even though we didn't deserve it. The one who loved us so much that he created us in his image. And then after sin entered the world and we messed everything up, he still sent his best to pay a price that we didn't owe. I mean, that he didn't owe, that we definitely owed. A price that we could not pay. In the, the Sunday school class that Josiah and I went to today, uh, the Bible verse we talked about was John 3.16. Uh, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that we could have eternal life. So let's, let's stand in honor of God's Word as we read. We're going to start in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Father, as we open Your Word, please open our eyes so that we can see Your truth. God, please open our ears so that we can hear it. Please open our minds so that we can understand it. And Father, most importantly, please open our hearts so that we can accept Your truth and allow it to change our lives. I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and by the power of Your Holy Spirit. Amen. So starting in verse 10, it says, My aim is to know Him, to experience the power of His resurrection, to share in his sufferings and to be like him in his death and so somehow to attain the resurrection from his death. For now, not that I have already attained this, that is, I have not already been perfected, but I strive to lay hold to that for which Jesus Christ also laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have attained this. Instead, I am single-minded forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out for the things that are ahead. With this in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of those who are perfect embrace this point of view. If you think otherwise, God will reveal to you the error of your ways. Nevertheless, let us live up to this standard that we have already attained. Be imitators of me, brothers and sisters, and watch carefully those who are living this way, just as you have me as an example. 
For many live about whom I have often told you, and now with tears I tell you that they are enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They exult in their shame, and they think about earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we also eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of His glorious body by means of the power by which He is able to subject all things to Himself. You may be seated. Yesterday was kind of a weird day. I woke up to my dad telling me that my grandmother was dying. The doctors came in and I told my aunt that she needed to call everybody. And so I, I did what my dad had always taught me to do. I, he said, I need you to go with me. And I got up and I went. Uh, she was not dying. Uh, they had they had to do some tests on her heart. She was already at a heart doctor, and uh, they ended up giving her enough fluid to to mess with her calcium and sodium levels and stuff like that. And so she was hallucinating, and uh, the doctors thought it was happening, but it it wasn't. But you know, there was a blessing in that, and I got to spend some really good time with one of my favorite people on the planet. Not only did I get to ride in, in the car with my dad alone, I don't remember the last time that I've had that much time alone with my dad. You know, when I'm with my dad, my, my son, well, my, my sons are with me, and my older son just loves grumps. And uh, so most of the time, it's the three of us. But it, it was really nice yesterday just being able to have that, that one-on-one time with him. And as I was, I was praying on my way back when I found out that my dad wasn't going to be here, I could not get Philippians 3 out of my head. When I think about being a father, I think about Philippians chapter 3. My mind immediately went to verse 17 where it says, Be imitators of me, brothers and sisters, and watch carefully those who live this way. Life is so much easier if you can watch somebody else and do what they do. It's so much easier to see someone do something that you're trying to figure out, and then you can say, oh, that's how you do it. It it really makes me sad to think there are boys who don't have fathers in their lives and aren't able to watch how they, how to be a man. It's sad to me to think that my dad didn't have the opportunity to ask his dad questions when when I got here. And my dad kind of had to figure out how to be a dad based off his memories of his dad. And it's just, it's sad to me. But I love how Paul writes to be imitators of people who have done this before. 
I love that about the body of Christ. We can watch other people and see how they do things, and we can imitate those, those people who are further along in their faith than us. And, you know, in, in typical Paul fashion, he, he gives us two choices. But it's not really a choice. <laughs> he says, we have a simple choice in front of us. We can live in the power of the resurrection or we can be enemies of the cross. He's constantly given us a choice. You can do this or you can do this. But it's never a choice. I mean, who in their right mind would want to be an enemy of the cross? I mean, we read in uh, Psalm chapter 110 today about what happens to those who are enemies of the of the cross. He executes judgments against the nation. He fills the valleys with corpses. He shatters their heads on the vast battlefield. I don't want to be his enemy. I don't even want to think about what it would be like to face the wrath of God. The, the same God who is so powerful that he created everything that we see with his voice. He didn't even have to move his hands. And he made the world to where it could, it could create more. He didn't just create something that sat there like a painting. He created something that keeps creating and creating and creating. And he created humans who can create. We all have this creative tendency. And, and we got that because we were created in God's image. Why would you ever want to live as an enemy of the cross when you could live in the power of his resurrection. The choice is obvious. In verse 1, I mean in verse 13, Paul's going to tell us exactly how to live in the power of his resurrection. He says this, Instead, I am single-minded. I forget the things that are behind and I reach out for the things that are ahead. With this goal in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God. Paul says that if we want to be the people who live in the power of the resurrection, we need to be obsessed with God. We have to be obsessed with God. When you think about the word obsessed, I mean, I, I always tend to think about it in, in a negative sense. But I looked up several definitions and of, of the word obsessed, obsessed just to, to kind of get a better idea of what it is. Because, you know, there are so many words that we use that are incorrect. 
like according to their their original definition we we start using words wrong and then they start narrowing in meaning and it it just doesn't mean what it 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 originally it in, was intended i do not know why i'm tongue tied right now but obsession is just a constant preoccupation with a subject to where you can't think about anything else It's not a bad thing. There are obsessions that we can have that are bad, but there are obsessions that we can have that are good. When I met Cassie, I was obsessed. And you know, in some sense, I still am. I have no interest in other women. I am obsessed with my wife. When, when I first met Cassie, I was, uh, we met online, and, and I drove several hours to get there, so I had plenty of time to think about all these cool things that I could say to impress her when I met her. And all I got out when I got out of my truck was, hi, I'm Jaren. <laughs> she knew that. <laughs> I was I was so obsessed with her as a person. Uh, wait, so it wasn't it wasn't a creepy obsession. We had talked on the phone a lot. <laughs> I realized how bad that sounded. I was not a stalker. We had FaceTime. She knew what I looked like. <laughs> uh, but I was so obsessed with her as a person that I, I, I couldn't get words out. You know, I think I have the two best boys in the whole world. And there, there are times that I'm obsessed with them. You know, uh, this time of year, air conditioning work is, is pretty busy. And I, I am so obsessed with my family that, you know, I would, I would really like to get every call right. I would like to fix every air conditioner on the first try. And, you know, I wish I could say I want to get it fixed for that customer. But really, I don't want to have to go back because if I have to go back, I'm not going to get home. I want to get every call done as fast as I can so I can get home to play with Duplos and Lincoln Logs. and I want to get home so I can change diapers. I, I am obsessed with my family. I want to be with my family. And when I'm at work, I'm not thinking about how much fun it is to crawl through attics and to crawl under houses and fix people's air conditioners. I'm thinking about... I want to be home with my family. And there there are obsessions that are really good. And Paul points out in verse 13 and 14, the obsession that we need above all. We need to be obsessed with God. 
We need to think about God so much that everything else just falls into line. We need to spend so much time with God that the words that come out of our mouths come out in a God-honoring way without us even thinking about it. I don't have to force myself to be obsessed with my family. I don't have to force myself to be excited about being around my family. But if you're around me much, I'm, you're going to hear me talk about my family. You're going to hear me talk about how cool it is that I think that Josiah can do math, like basic math, under the number 10. We'll tell him that we're going to grab eight of something and he'll say five and three make eight. And I think that is so cool. And I love talking about my boys. I love talking about my wife. When we are obsessed with God, we are going to talk about God. When we are obsessed with God, we are not going to talk about things that God would not want us to talk about. When we are obsessed with God, we will be single-minded. And we'll forget the dumb, dumb, dumb things that we've done in our past. And we'll focus what's on, on what's ahead. Not on the, the money we'll make or the cool things that we'll get to do, but we'll be focused on God and pleasing Him. You know, there are a lot of things that happen in our lives. You know, who... None of us caused the coronavirus to wreak havoc on the world the last year and a half. At least, I don't think any of y'all worked at that, that lab in, in Wuhan. Uh, there are a lot of things that happen that are out of our control. There are a lot of things that you can blame on other people. But when it comes to being obsessed with God, there is, it is one thing that you cannot blame on other people. You cannot make excuses for why you didn't get up and read your Bible. You always could have gotten up just a little bit earlier. You can't make excuses for why you didn't stop and pray in that moment of weakness when you knew that you needed to stop and pray instead of trying to fix it yourself. You know, Abraham Lincoln said something like, if I had 10 hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first nine sharpening the axe. You know, if we, if we spend the time with God, life gets easier. If we try to fix it on our own, we're going to spend a lot more time then God would fix if we, then God would take a lot of times if we would just give it to him. I mean, y'all know, God does so much better with 90% of your money when you tithe than you do with 100% when you choose to try to save a little bit of money and nobody will know. I can't tell you how many times God has has just made money appear in my life. There was, right before Micah was born, Cassie and I were talking about 
I don't even remember what it was. We were talking about something that we were, we were going to buy and we couldn't decide if we wanted to get it because it wasn't completely necessary. Oh, this is bassinet. No, it wasn't. It doesn't matter what it was. <laughs> we were talking about something that we wanted to buy for Micah, but we didn't know if we really wanted it. I mean, we we have our two boys, not planning on having any others. And uh, I think it was like the item was $40 and we couldn't decide if we wanted to get it. And that next Sunday, a lady at our church handed Cassie a check for $40 and said, hey, I didn't get y'all a gift yet. I hope this isn't too late. Uh, so I just, I wrote you a check. And it was $40. God is always taking care of us. Why would we not be single-minded? Why would we not focus on Him? Because if we focus on Him and we chase after Him, blessings are going to be dropped into our lap over and over and over again. God is always looking out for us. He's always taking care of us. He's always fighting for us. God is always taking care of us. There is nothing that He cannot provide there's nothing that can defeat him. We need to be single-minded, obsessed with God, and just chasing after him. I'm going to date myself a little bit. I, I was always a Packers fan growing up before the NFL decided to go woke. And uh, I hated it when the Packers would play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because the Steelers had this guy named Jerome Bettis. His nickname was The Bus. And if you were to look up videos of Jerome Bettis, you would probably see videos of him with four or five guys on his back. And he would just, he was a running back, and he would just carry them into the end zone like it was nothing. He was a large man. but he had that one goal and he would just drag people. His jersey would tear off and they'd be hanging on and he would drag them into the end zone and he was just focused. It was, it was like he said, I don't care how many people I have to take with me, I am getting to that end zone. And when I think about this verse, I think about Jerome Bettis. We need to be so focused on following God's call in our life that we are willing to take whatever we need to take. There's a song that, that I love by Pat Barrett in the bridge. I don't remember what the name of the song is, but in the bridge it says, my fear and doubt they can come too because, God, I am coming to you. We don't have to get rid of the baggage that we're carrying in life. We don't have to get rid of our fear. God just wants us to come. He wants us to come and bring whatever we have. 
and then he's going to take care of it. We drag all this stuff to God and we say, God, I cannot carry this, but I got here. God, I, I desperately want to be with you. God, I am obsessed with you. You take care of this. And you know what he does every single time? He takes care of it. You know, plans, our, our, our future plans don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I am definitely a planner. I love to have everything planned out. If, if I could, I would want to have a schedule for my day down to the minute. And I would feel very, very comfortable there. But life doesn't work that way. I mean, you know that. I'm a little different than, than my dad in this sense. My dad doesn't like to have anything planned. I only said that because he said that he was going to be watching, and I had to, had to put that one little clock reference in there for him. I know it probably won't help, but the more I mention clocks, the more he has to think about it. Anyway, I would love to just have everything planned. But in verse 14, we see that that doesn't matter. Paul says his goal is to strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's all he cares about. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of, his heart, of your heart. You know, that, that's one of those, those really popular Bible verses. And when we see these really popular Bible verses, I think it's really important for us to take a second and see what's around that. Because there's always some gem that we miss because we, we get stuck on those exciting verses or those, I mean, like that verse. Verse 5 says, commit your future to the Lord. Trust Him and He will act on your behalf. Let me read that again. Commit your future to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act on your behalf. If you want to raise at your job, be obsessed with God. If you're looking for a friend, be obsessed with God. If you're not happy where you're at in life right now, be obsessed with God. Commit your future. Commit your present. Commit 
your life to the Lord. Trust Him and He will act on your behalf. You know, we, we know Paul was a Pharisee. We know that he called himself the Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the Old Testament. He knew more about the Old Testament than I will ever know. He knew this verse was there. And so he says, I strive toward the upward call of God because he knew that he could trust God and commit his future to God and that God would fight on his behalf. Let's jump down to verse 17. It says, Be imitators of me, brothers and sisters, and watch carefully those who are living this way, just as you have us as an example. When we read this, we need to be aware of both roles that we can play in somebody's life. It's easy to read this verse and think, okay, I need to find somebody to imitate. But if we'll stop for a split second and just think about it, there are people who are going to be imitating you. There are people who are going to be imitating you. And you may never know it. That's kind of scary to think about. There are people who are going to be imitating our decisions, whether they're good or bad. You know, I've, I've started realizing that over the last four years. There are a lot of things that I get upset with Josiah about, and then within hours I realize that I'm doing the same exact thing, and so then I feel like I need to apologize to him for getting on to him for making a, a bad choice that I just made too. And There are several times when he's had to say, well, he's chosen to say, Daddy, we don't say that. Because <laughs> I said something that I told him that we weren't supposed to say. Uh there are people imitating you. Josiah and Cassie went on a date the other day. And uh, I, I was hanging out with Micah. And he's, he's really fun when he's awake. But when, when he's asleep, babies are so boring. And especially at the beginning of their lives, they sleep all the time. They can't talk. And anyway, so we were hanging out together. He was asleep. And I saw that basket of clothes that needed to be folded. And I thought, I'll at least make this a little interesting. And I put the Patriot in. You know, the Mel Gibson movie? I like that movie. Uh, but there's this scene 
in there at the, at the very end. The U.S. Army's running away. It looks like the British forces have been... It looks like the British forces have won. And Benjamin Martin, the, the Mel Gibson character, he sees the U.S. flag laying on the ground. And he, he picks the flag up and he turns and he just starts running toward the British. And as he runs past people, they stop and they turn around and they go back to finish the job. We need to be that person in somebody's life. We need to be so obsessed with God that we are going to run into danger if that's what it takes. We don't care what's going on to our left or to our right. We just go. We don't care who's with us. We just go. We are completely obsessed with God. We are committing our future to the Lord and we're trusting Him and allowing Him to act on our behalf. We are single-minded, obsessed, completely obsessed with doing what God has called us to do. You know, when we think about God's call on our lives, a lot of times we think about something really big. Like, is this the job that God wants us wants me to, to work? Is this the place where God wants me to live? Is this the occupation? Is this, I don't know. But the more I read God's word, the more I realize that God's call on your life is in the moment. Am I chasing after God right now? And then a couple minutes later, am I still chasing after God? And then a week later, am I still chasing after God? Because that's all God wants. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart because when you delight yourself in the Lord, you're constantly chasing after Him. You're obsessed with Him. And if you chase after God, you will get there. And God will be pleased And someday God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God's call on your life is in this moment. So I have a question for you. Are you obsessed with God? Because there are some things you cannot blame on other people. What in your life is keeping you from being completely obsessed with God? And what is it going to take to fix that? We would like to thank you for joining us for this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. First Baptist desires to be a house of prayer with a heart for people, making a difference by making disciples from our neighborhood to the nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, please visit www.firstcrockett.org. Until next time.
May God's blessings be upon you.